You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Almost 30. Welcome to Almost 30. I'm Krista. (laughs) I'm Lindsay. We're so glad you're here. You don't need to be almost 30. We've covered this before, (laughs) but it's true that, you know, it's not about the age. We started it in our uh, late twenties. Now we are in our thirties. So it's really about the vibe. We're here for your evolution and we talk about things that are supporting you in your evolution. Yeah. And there's so many moments, at least that I've been having recently myself and then talking to friends where it's really sweet. A lot of people I know are also late bloomers and it's kind of this this comforting feeling to kind of have these moments where you think you should have been through this moment long before, but you meet someone and you talk about like, Hey, I'm going through this thing, whether it's, you know, something as momentous. I have a friend who's like coming out later in life Mm -hmm. and, you know, or as silly as like me learning how to do something like financial, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's just like these, these moments. And I have a friend that's coming out too, that just came out. Really? Mm-hmm. Weird. Their name cool. is, just kidding. <laughs> Their yeah, Instagram handle is, no. But yeah. think about it. I mean, powerful. that is, that's so powerful to be able to do, to do that and, and, and live in a world where, you know, it's obviously not perfect, but where. There's so many nuances about the process mm-hmm. that are, man, that parents sometimes really just miss the mark. Totally. The parents are really missing missing every <laughs> every fucking mark. They're saying everything that's like not right, mm-hmm. and it's hard. It's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, and it's and part of it is like they go through their own process of it. You know, they have their ideal, their conceptions, whatever how wrong they may be, and so they often are in, in response to that. But yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So you know. Hopefully this podcast, wherever you find yourself, whether you're a late bloomer or maybe you're going through like a second cycle of things you Mm -hmm. experienced in your teens, we're here for you just to talk about it honestly, openly. Yeah. And I actually, this, this conversation that we're having today with Jeanette Ogden made me think a lot about, she's someone that is a mom, is married. And when I talk to her, she's so damn cool. Yeah. So cool. And so grounded. And it just made me think for like the 24 hours after we talked to her, I was like, am I going to be that cool and know all the things that she knows and make the cool snacks and like be thoughtful and conscious about her parenting? She has those little, she has EMF bracelets for the babes. She has her little babes wear little Shungite EMF mm-hmm. bracelets. Come on. Come on. I was like, oh, that's iconic. Do you start to think about that? Like if we're blessed to have children, like... Is it is it something that you think about, like those little nuanced details of how you're going to either raise your kids or how you're going to teach them things? I can't fucking wait. I'm going to prank them all the time. I just think about pranking my kids. I Their life is going to be fun, but torturous. I just want to fuck with them. Like I just like, because kids are so funny and curious and fun and down. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could just make your life this like huge game. Totally. You know, it just could be like this like wild, crazy adventure game. That's just like, I don't know. It just could be so much fun. And I prank Justin too much. So I'm excited to prank my kids. Totally. I, I don't know if I'll have a girl or a boy, but it'll be hard for them for a while. Even though the little girl keeps coming in in your readings, Honestly, but we'll see. Honestly, I know. Yeah, true. My little girl spirit. I have a girl spirit that's attached to me. She comes in in all my readings all the time. I keep thinking about like, where will She's I- already pissed at me. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wait till I'm a teenager. <laughs> I keep thinking about those moments where I'm like, where I'd want to bring my my kid or kids in to adult moments. Yeah. So like, not weird in a weird way, but I was in the shower the other day. I was like, oh, I would want like my kids to have like a shower party. Totally. 
I actually know, you know friends I mean? that have showers with their kids for sure. I'm like, it's like so fun or like if they want to, you know, if I'm shaving my legs, mm-hmm. do they want to like be a part of that and like see and like <laughs> put them to work? <laughs> I don't know. God, moments. I remember shaving my legs when I was in third grade or something. My mom was like, you're going to regret it. Oh my They're God. They're going to grow back black. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I had like the Barbasol like shaving cream. It was like three inches thick on all my legs. And I was like trying to shave my you like, did, little like, legs. You strip and you're like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. It just, with being a parent, you know, it's so, it's so hard because every conversation is so important, you know, because you think about with friends and family about when they have trauma, big T or trauma, little T. And a lot of my, the unlearning that I do is happened in small moments, happened in tiny things that my parents said or did, you know, with the best intentions that still stick with me today. And that's still are challenging or make me who I am in a way that I want to unlearn. So it's like, oh, you can't, you just, it feels like you can never take a break. I know. But it really, they just want you to be a human. You know, that's the whole fucking thing. thing. Oh my gosh. I watched this show. It's called I Do or something Mm. on Netflix. And they were like, it's kind of like Queer Eye, but they do weddings. So it's three men, three gay men that do weddings. So they have like a few days to make the dress, do whatever. So it's, I mean, set up for success. I mean, that's that's a formula that I enjoy. So I was watching it and there was these little boys that lived with their aunt and uncle who were having the wedding and their parent or their mom and dad had been heavy into drugs. So they were adopted by the aunt and uncle, by the brother and, and um, his wife. And when they lived with the family, the dad was crying or the, their uncle was crying because he was about to propose. So when he was crying, all the boys were hugging him. They're like, let it out. Just let it rip. They didn't say let it rip. I said, let it rip. But they're just like, let it out. Just let it out. When he was crying, it was so darling. And then they just were so outwardly loving. And, you know, they're always like, let's do a group hug. Let's do a group hug. And it was just so sweet to see. I just love when I see kids just be really loving without regard to what that means, I guess, in the world. You know, when they're like, I love you. And you're like, I love you too. Well, I think, you know, to that point and to your point before of like, kids just want people to be real and honest because they sense it. Like kids are so honest. They Mm -hmm. can't, yeah, they can do those like little white lies, but like they are... Like put put a kid in front of like a creepy person and they're like, hundred percent, give me away from them, and they they can't lie and and that's what you know like in therapy now it's it's just so apparent to me that I I owe it to myself, owe it to my kids, owe it to my partner to be just as honest and clear and like grounded in my communication as possible, even if it's hard for them to take. Yeah, like even if. It's hard for the kids to swallow, but I think what's more important is what's felt, you know, because I could always tell when my parents were, you know, maybe skirting around an issue or sugarcoating something, or I could always tell when they would have like a conversation right after they spoke to us and it was like the real and when they spoke to us, it wasn't the real. And so I think kids feel so much more than we give them credit. And so it's important, at least for me to really feel into, okay, what does that look like both in conversation and just what do I expose them to in my adult relationship with my partner? Right. Like what do they see? I want them to see like if they do like see and feel fights, it's like seeing resolution or being like kind of brought into like, Hey, listen, like sometimes me and your dad, Mm -hmm. like sometimes your dad's wrong. (laughs) Sometimes it happens. Sometimes always I'm right. Yeah. (laughs) literally. Sometimes your dad has to learn. (laughs) I remember when I was little, I was like, I don't know how old I was, maybe like 10. And my parents were, um, they had, you know, they were having, they had a lot of issues throughout their whole marriage, but there was one time where it was like a really bad time. And my dad was trying to like make up for my mom. So he got her a weekend away. I don't know where they went. And I remember we were in the garage. It was like me and my sister. And we were both like, before my dad came outside, we were both like, oh my God, they're going to go and have sex somewhere. <laughs> and we were both like so little. We're like, can you believe they're about to go have sex somewhere? And my dad comes out in the garage. And I was like, dad, why can't you just like have sex at home? And, and he goes, it was so funny because my dad's so honest. He goes, you know, it's just not the same. <laughs> and I'll literally never forget that because I was expecting him to be like, oh, that is the up. damn truth. Though. And he literally just goes, it's not the same. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, it's just not the same. 
Literally. Hotel bed? Hotel bed, baby. <laughs> I'm like, let's get nasty in that hotel bed. <laughs> like my mom and dad. But it was just such a real moment. My dad was really good at that, of just mm. being really real, you know, when, and really treating us like people, yeah. you know, and, and that's, yeah, that's just a really profound thing. But so much to learn in this episode. I think Jeanette is just, dude, our conversations before and after, juicy, juicy, juicy. Juicy. So much fun. <laughs> She's the best. You'll never hear them. You'll never hear them. <laughs> May my hair inklings. But in this, you know, there was things she's never told people before that she talks about. And she just got really personal and honest. And I really love her story. I love the way she shows up in the world. So we're excited for this one. It's super fun. So if you're a fan, um, welcome. Welcome to Almost 30. We're excited you're here. Yeah. So if you don't know, Jeanette Ogden is an influencer that is the very, very, very least. She is a mother. She is just such a curator of a beautiful, natural, connected life. And yeah, she has so many fans on Instagram at shut the kale up. But yeah, if you are a fan of Jeanette and you found us through her, hello, welcome. We have a few announcements before we get into this episode. Our new Paradigm Digital Workshop series is going strong and something that we've been having so much fun with. I don't even know what number we're on. We're, we're I like know. in the double digits now. <laughs> but we have... Um, a workshop with Natalie Miles coming up as well as Brie Melanson. Yeah, Natalie Miles is an intuitive. We've done a few episodes with her and she is incredible. So this will be helping us tap back into our intuition, helping us remember that we are intuitive. And so it's going to be a really powerful workshop for really learning uh, for really helping us learn to come back to ourselves. That's happening on Thursday. And then the one with Brie Melanson, it's on aliens. So mm-hmm. she talks about her abductions. She's been abducted many times and she's going to do a channeling of the Palladians and Arturians, which are a um, alien entity or an alien group that she channels messages from. They're positively oriented aliens. So the alien one is going to be fucking so much fun. Brie's an amazing healer. She's an amazing channeler. Um, and we'll do Q&A so we can ask all the questions and learn about all of the things. Um, And we also are excited that tomorrow we have a giveaway happening on our Instagram. So Lindsay and I are speaking at Create and Cultivate next weekend. It's the Digital Beauty Summit. We're going to be talking about podcasting because you guys know we do a lot of podcasting work and support through Podcast Pro. So we have a giveaway happening on our Instagram. You can win a free ticket to the digital event, a free ticket. So go to our Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast, and you can find out how to get your free ticket. Yeah. And last but not least, we have our merch launching on July 20th. And this is a collaboration with Danny of Daisy LA, which is a conscious, eco-friendly, sustainable clothing line made here in LA. She's also an artist. She's an interior designer. She's just multi-hyphenated talent. And it was a blast to work with her to create this line that is really centered in community, female empowerment, and I'm really excited for you guys to see. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So merch on 720. Cannot wait for you guys to see it. All the new paradigm workshops are on the website, almost30podcast.com. And then you can also go to shop almost 30 for all the old workshops that we had previously on human design, energy healing, um, mystical purpose and astrology. Yes, that was a good one. (laughs) Anxiety, (laughs) astrology, the Saturn return. So there's tons of different topics. I know I've rattled off, but (laughs) all of the previous workshops that we've done are now available for recordings on the Shop Almost 30 website. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram at Almost 30 Podcast. I'm at Lindsay Simsick. And I'm at It's Krista. And we'll see you on the other side. We love you. I don't know how I got him, but... Do you I still say that after how long? Five years. Oh my God. We're going on six in wow. November. Married or together? Married. We don't know how long we've been together, to be honest. Really? We, we don't. When did you meet? Can you tell us the story? Yeah. So we met, I mean, I'm going to say it was probably, damn, I don't even know. But we met at church, which is so wild because we don't go to church anymore. We met and we hit it off pretty quickly. Like I slid into his Facebook DMs. Hilarious. And I literally was like trying to pursue him. And he was, okay, you know, kind of (laughs) shy, kind of not into it, I feel like. Which I like. And then it made me want to like pursue him more. Mm -hmm, That's how it goes. And of course, like we got one date. He doesn't say it's a date. It was just like a hangout. 
on January 1st of, I think it was like 2011, 2012. It was awesome. Like we hung out all night from like 7 p.m. to like 3 a.m. Just we went to go grab coffee at Starbucks. And after that, we like got in his car and we were listening to music and talking about everything. Isn't that the best? Awesome. Did you know? So that's a cheesy question, but like, I'm always curious. I did after a little bit, like a few weeks and we didn't hang out that much. We just, we would talk on the phone a lot, but it was just like so comfortable, so organic and super fun. Mm. It was always fun. And still like we get to go out and we're like, this is fucking fun without the kids. Yeah. <laughs> like, bring it up. How do you That's keep cute. it fun? Like, how do you, how do you know to prioritize? Like, how did you understand what your priorities are? Which is like fun. You know, how, how did you cultivate like an understanding of what you wanted from someone? Honestly, I feel like we kind of both vibe off of each other. We don't have to ask what we need from each other. Sometimes we do. Sometimes you'll say, hey, I need more affection from you because I lack that. I'm very oblivious and I'm constantly giving to the kids and not to him. At night is when we give each other what we need and not like in a sexual way all the time, but just like, how are you doing? How's work? Like what's inspiring? Like we ask each other all these questions a lot. And I don't know. We just like, again, we just vibe off each other. We kind of feel what, what one needs and we give that when they need it. Yeah. Has the communication always been that clear or was there a period of time that you're like, okay. In the beginning of our marriage, because we didn't like, we moved in with each other a month before marriage. Only his mom and dad doesn't know that. (laughs) Hi. Don't listen, I'm a 30. (laughs) Yeah. Don't listen to this. But we moved in like October and we got married October or in November. And it was so wild. Like I didn't expect him to be playing video games as a grown man. <laughs> oh, honey, this was our conversation this totally. week. He was playing video games. I walk in, I'm like, three, three, you're 33. Oh, oh yeah. Literally. I was like, wait a minute. We have different sleep schedules, different wake up schedules. Like he's a musician. So he's up at night. Mm. That's when he's like inspired and doing things. And I was a yoga instructor and a demo girl. So I had to be up at 5.30 a.m. every morning, you know, literally had to get it. And it was just so strange. So I had to tell him like, dude, this isn't cool. Like I barely see you. I go to sleep at nine, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we didn't even have kids at the time. So it was just like, wow, so wild. And so did you like how did you figure out to communicate did your parents have good communication or no my parents did not communicate my parents have a very broken relationship and actually my mom um i don't know if you knew this but she moved in in february with us Mm -hmm. because they were going to get a divorce like randomly it was Mm. like so what 2020 is just a wild year but she moved back because you're going to try again um she moved back two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago so um but yeah they never had a really good relationship and you know my growing up my mom was an alcoholic communication was just not at all there and my, my dad always worked when i was little like i i remember the times where he would come home and he would have little like gummy bears in his jacket and he would ask us like okay find it like because he had tons of pockets but that was those were my only memories of him and then when he when we would go on vacations like little like getaways for the weekend to Laughlin so that was fun but yeah he was always working Mm. and communication really never happened with me and AJ till that month and he was the one that taught me how to communicate like hey I don't understand I I can't read your mind you got to tell me what's up you got to show me tell me what is going on through your mind and then we can figure it out Mm. but if you don't talk to me we won't ever come to any conclusions Mm. good for him yeah yeah did you ever like have any fear going into relationships knowing that from your experience your parents relationship from what you perceive wasn't like everyone else's parents quote unquote. yeah and I'm just asking because I relate to that kind of fear of like ah, I never had a good model of this yeah something that I would want mm-hmm. 
I never had fear. I just, I always thought that that was every marriage. Mm. I knew that not everyone's mom was an alcoholic and my, you know, dads were always, actually, I, I always grew up thinking like the moms are supposed to stay at home because that's like Mexican culture, you know, mm. like moms always stay at home with the kids, cook, clean, do everything. The guys go to work. And that's just how I grew up. That's all of my family members. That's how it goes. And my past relationships were really like not good. I was mm. only in one really long relationship that was awful, like physical, verbal abuse. Mm. And then I broke that off. And then the next one, I we kind of just dated and we're having fun, but he never really wanted to settle. And I assumed he just didn't like me. So that kind of broke my heart. But then I met AJ and we were just friends. And it never, I, like I never expected it to be a thing, even though I knew this is the guy I want to be with. I just never thought like, oh, but I never dissected the relationship. I just let mm -hmm, it be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it worked so well. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you have the person, that's the one you never like show your friends the text. You never like oh, ask that for was it. a <laughs> double, you know, ever ask for advice. No, nope. like are just like moving forward. It's right. Like you're just mm. doing and it's such a relief, you know, because before you're like, Did I, is this right? Is, is this okay? So he hasn't called, you know, there's that. Yeah, we never questioned it. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is that there would be like a week where he wouldn't text me back or like I wouldn't text back because I was playing that like, <laughs> oh, but it wasn't like I was trying to play games. I was just like busy trying to, you know, figure my, my stuff out because I was going through like this disordered eating phase and I didn't want to share that. But I also felt comfortable enough saying like, yeah, right now I'm just going through a weird phase, but not really touching on the subject. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, I just let it be. And yeah. I did not share that relationship with anyone. Because it's so precious. To yeah. You. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the alcoholism like led into the disordered eating or, or do you think there's a relationship there? Yeah. Digging deep. Like I had to dig deep yeah. and like figure out what stemmed that weird relationship with food uh, for me. And it was me trying to control something because I couldn't control my parents. I couldn't control the truth that I was being told or things like that. If that makes any yes, sense. Of course. Definitely. I, I, I really do. I don't blame my mom for it or my dad, but I definitely feel like it stemmed from that. Me not being able to communicate my feelings with someone. Mm, yeah, for sure. And when did the disordered eating start? It started around 22, mm. 21, 22. I noticed me getting, gaining weight and I, like I'd always AKA been. AKA the worst thing in the world. I, when you're I'd always been. in your 20s, you're like, ugh. Yeah. I, did you, like, sorry to inter interrupt. No, it's like, fine. did you notice or did, like, cause I'm. I'm thinking back to that time in college and there's like so much going mm -hmm. on and sometimes it's like a moment of either comparison or someone says something. So I'm just curious if it was like just you. Mm -hmm. So I never had a butt before. And then all of a sudden my friend's like, wow, you're gaining some weight. <gasps> like you have a butt now. You look great. It wasn't like a, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're gaining weight. It was like a solid, like, Oh, cool. you look good. Mm -hmm. You know, like your hips are coming in mm -hmm. and you look like you're starting to look like a woman. Mm -hmm. And I've always been like a straight, you know, like no waist, no butt, hardly any boobs. Um, as I'm fixing my bra because <laughs> my know. boobs are halfway out. <laughs> <laughs> but look like, at me now. <laughs> yeah, right. The it's the breastfeeding. But <laughs> I I felt like, wow. I, I am gaining weight. My body is looking different. I just assumed that my body from high school was going to, you know, be the same as my 20-year-old body and my 30-year-old body, but it's not. And since my mom started drinking at this stage of my life where I was developing and growing up into like a woman, I never had anyone telling me like, these are the things that are going to happen to your body. These are the changes. I just went off by what my friends and I were talking about during that 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 time but yeah it was a strange time because i just didn't know so i started getting on diets and starting to like figure out like oh which yeah which diet am i going to go to next it was that sort of thing were you in la or where were you no i was in orange county orange county okay yeah the whole time but i did work at barney's from when i was 18 to 23 oh fashion world oh yeah 
So it was very much like trying on tons of really nice clothes that we only had zeros, twos, fours, and six out. So you couldn't be any bigger. Really? Oh, yeah. Is that still happening at Barney's? Barney's went out of business. Oh, it did? Yeah. Just recently, last year. And then, so I guess, so with disordered eating, it's so like different, I think, for a lot of people, the way that they experience it, the way that that it manifests. What And for me, mine was so complicated and there were so many different like iterations of it but mine would be like only eating a certain thing um, because other things were bad eating this now and then not allowing myself to eat something else later or binging and then restriction and then there was like a lot of labeling of foods and a lot of fear and anxiety around food what would your like what were the experiences that you had with your disordered eating that was actually what i went through so at first it was dieting so eating lots of like literally half of bag of a granola with easy yogurt and fruit and that was my breakfast and I didn't know you know like hey it's just like a little bit of granola with like or you know Mm -hmm. I was just kind of going to town on every food not because it was quote-unquote good or bad but because I I was on this weird diet I wasn't looking at ingredients I was just kind of oh granola is good oh this oatmeal cookie is good because it's made from oats or like you know Mm -hmm. and I was just like eating overly eating and then after after that happened, my one of my aunts introduced me to Dr. Pericone, which was like an anti-inflammatory diet that he talks about. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll just eat salad and salmon and oatmeal and egg whites in the morning. And, classic. Right? It's a classic the one. Classic one. <laughs> the classic one. The classic one. I went... Stalks of asparagus and salmon for dinner. Exactly. For asparagus. Asparagus. <laughs> Lunch is a salad Not to make it a, a joke, but it's like so crazy that is... It, that is... LOL. That was a, a whole thing. Oh, Egg whites no for carbs. breakfast. No, no carbs. No fats. No fats. No nothing. And I was Do just it every like, day for the I, rest of your life. I was like, okay. Like, and you're like, how can I honestly You guys, I literally did that for like four months. And I went from like 150 to like 110. Wow. I'm not Jesus. kidding. How did you, uh, yeah. I was like, how did you have the willpower? It's like, <laughs> it's like not the, well, that's not the, not the willpower, but it's like, I've, forget when you're disordered oh yeah when you look mm, at yourself and things yeah i have this huge body when you really like you don't and your body is changing into like becoming a woman you know yes i just wish i had more like women in my life to tell me you know yes, this is healthy right. this yes. is good do you want a family later on in life because that matters mm-hmm. like carrying a little bit of weight you know here and there and having hips and it's just your body it's natural. So I went with I went with the whole dieting anti-inflammatory salad thing to going out with AJ and like having a normal meal with ice cream for dessert. And I finally tasted that after like four or five months of just straight clean, clean yes. eating. And I, I started clean as binging. In quotes. Yeah, mm. clean as in quotes. I started binging after that. I mean, honey. Yeah, I was like, oof, what was I doing to myself? Honestly. So restriction came going to town, literally binging till my body hurt mm. for months. And so, I don't. So did AJ see the weight loss? Yes. Okay. He met me when I was like at my lowest okay and then he he also saw the quick weight gain right you know but he didn't like he if you ask him now he'd be like yeah i saw like a little difference but i always like i didn't care like i always saw her for who she was not Mm -hmm. for her her weight Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of course and um after a while i realized this is not okay and me binging till li- my body literally was sore from all the food being ingested, I would cry and feel like no one understands this. No one would understand. Like I have an addiction to food and I was so embarrassed mm. and just, I felt gross, <sighs> literally. And I went to AA meetings 
And not that I drank alcohol, but I had an addiction to food. So I felt like I could relate. Isn't there OA, Overeaters mm-hmm. Anonymous? Yes, but I didn't know. Right, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. I yeah. really didn't. Didn't know dieting and becoming obsessed and then binging was ever a thing. So I kind of was on my own and I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. I had one friend who was kind of going through the same thing, but not as exaggerated as I was. So... Yeah, I went to AA with the girl from my church that I was going to and I trusted in her because she was a new friend. So I felt like she couldn't judge me, Mm. you know? Yes. And after going and hearing everyone's addiction stories, whether it was with food or alcohol or drugs or stealing, I felt kind of like, okay, I'm not the only weirdo that has this addiction. And I started working on it. I started praying and finding like peace and like meditating. I started teaching yoga. I found other things to put, to keep my mind busy and not just me, me, me. Mm. And I also felt like I was being a victim or taking myself as a victim. Like, oh, poor me. My mom's an alcoholic. Oh, poor me. My life is just so awful. And that was where I was. I I was almost being like that enabler to myself. Mm. I was just talking about this yesterday. I was like, uh, uh, because I did like a body acceptance episode about it. And I was like, it was so one dimensional. To just always be in my own fucking existence of that specific experience Mm. to not, you know, and I've always been someone that thinks of other people for sure, but it's like to always have myself thinking so much about myself in that way was just so short-sighted and you know it's cruel to say to 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 myself to speak to myself in that way, but when I realized how just limit how much it limits you as a human in your existence to really focus on just that part of your experience Mm -hmm. is just such a bummer. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. And having more appreciation for the body, but then also not identifying solely with the body. Exactly. What did you find in your prayer and meditation that was really impactful? To think of others, to be grateful for what I have, to be grateful for my body Mm -hmm. and the way it moves, the way it processes things, uh, my mind, you know, my mind, like your mind is very, very powerful if you use it correctly. And I just wanted to become this person that was able to control that and to not let, let, not let the mind control me if that, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. so it was hard, but I had to, I had to get a hold of this addiction because I was really miserable and I was the only one who couldn't control it. So I had to do what I had to do. And I feel like I tapped into like, what makes me happy? Like what brings me happiness and how can I, how can I implement that into my life every day? So I don't feel like a piece of shit, you know, because that's what I felt like. Mm -hmm. And how do I talk myself, talk to myself in a positive way? How do, how can I talk to other people in a nice way, but not myself? Mm-hmm. You know, it's huge. Yeah. With that, I don't want to I don't want to skip ahead because I want to stay on this. But as an influencer, I guess in what you do, how do you work with your disordered eating tendencies when you're someone that is seen as promoting a certain lifestyle and you're in such a space where it's such a focus to have healthy eating? Yeah. See, I don't. I. I look at it as such a different way now. It's not like, oh, I need to only eat this because it's clean and it's good for me, you know, quote unquote clean. I eat it because it makes me happy. It brings like, it brings me happiness. You know how the, how they say like the gut and brain connection? Mm-hmm. That's literally what it is. Cause I can go eat a donut with AJ and be totally content and feel like, oh my gosh, that was delicious. Mm-hmm. And, and, and feel full mm-hmm. and feel good still. And go back to like, okay, well, I'm going to make a salad or I'm going to make roasted vegetables or, you know, that's, these are the things I crave. And these are the things that make me literally feel like mind is clear, mind is good. It's, it's so different. I don't know how to explain it. Cause a lot of people will say, I mean, in, in the space of wellness and in like influencers, you see a lot of, um, 
orthorexia, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called, where you like, you're super in. Mm-hmm. See, I don't feel that way. Like I, I, I have a balance of, and I know people will say like, there's no such thing as balance. Either you're like a hundred percent or not, but I feel like I give my, I give a hundred percent to everything that I do, but not like clean eating, you know, I don't know how to just, dis- yeah. I don't know how to describe it. I just feel like I've found peace with food. Love that. Yeah. Well, I think there's, there's definitely something that happens when you no longer charge what you are eating with your negative thoughts or judgment about it. Like I think your body metabolizes it in a different way. Totally. I noticed that like going from college to New York and then New York to LA, like I think from New York to LA was like the biggest change because I no longer was like eating something like a donut and being like, oh fuck, but this, you know, this is going to feel good, but like, oh God, I'm going to pay for it later or whatever it is. Right. But when I would just like be present enough to really enjoy it, be with people I love. Exactly. It's as if like it never happened in terms of like the effects of it, meaning like feeling sluggish or whatever. It's just like, oh, like my body was just so down to like be present with whatever I was Exactly. Yeah. And you're not overthinking. Like if I ate a donut earlier, I'm not going to continue to think about that damn donut yeah. for the rest mm-hmm. of the day yeah. and give it power. Like mm-hmm. it's a fucking donut. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. And now I'm going about my day and like, you know, so I think that that's what it is, is changing your mindset and giving power to other things that bring you happiness and joy Mm -hmm. for the um how long did your process take you know for people that are listening that are in the the mode of disordered eating what would you say to them about you know your process it took a while it took months but you know i i feel like i feel really grateful it was months and not years and i didn't i never backslid i never went back to these disordered eating habits because it is a habit it's like a like a cycle and you have to break it and I feel like when you have a, a eating disorder or disordered eating habits, you know what you need to do. You know that thing that needs to just go or break. That's the thing that you have to do. And for me, it was giving power to other things and not focusing on that one donut or that one piece of pizza. It's like enjoy it with your friends and family. Enjoy the moment, not what you're not what you're eating Mm -hmm. yes and at what point after is it after your healing or during your healing that shut the kale up was born like where where did that come in and what was um your intention so i honestly don't remember when it stopped I feel like it just gradually happened and I didn't think about it. Like, oh, well, my last binge was this day and I've been clean for so-and-so day. Like it just, you know, I went to AA. I, I, I wasn't on a gnarly diet or juice cleanses like I would normally be. I would just, I was just eating like I, like I wanted, like mm-hmm. I normally would. And um, AJ and I got engaged I think it was Jan. No, it was May. Gosh, he's going to kill me. He knows exactly the day he proposed and I don't. Aww. He proposed to me in May. Yeah. But I remember like January 1st was, it's just kind of like our anniversary because it was like our first hangout mm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I remember us waking up in San Diego and we were in bed and we had hung out with our friends the night before because it was New Year's Eve. And we had said, you know, like we woke up and he was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I love you too. Because I had told him that I loved him in April of the year before. (laughs) And he didn't say I love you Uh, back? No. Wow. (laughs) I told him, I was like, respect to both of you. Yeah. That's fucking baller. Right? So we just were like, okay. Yeah. I, I literally told him we were. We were going to a Temper Trap concert Love. and and it was like in LA at the El Rey, mm. you know, yes. little, 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 <laughs> yes. So got I the was neon like, lights. Oh yeah. A little sweat. Oh, it was the, <laughs> got a drink in hand. It was yeah, the yes. best. It was the best day <laughs> oh. because I was like, Hey, I want to tell you something, but you don't have to say anything back. I just feel like I need to tell you because, you know, at the time, like I was processing feelings and try to understand me as a person and the things that 
I want, the things that make me happy. And I was like, so I just want to, I just want to let you know this, but if you don't feel the same way, that's okay. I am completely in love with you. And I looked at him like straight in the eyes and I was like, and you don't have to say anything back and you know, whatever, this is me. He looked at me and he immediately kissed me and he said, I, I really, really like you and I don't want to say anything until I'm ready. But like the fact that he kissed me and he looked at me this certain way and we continued our night and it was the best night. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't say anything to anyone. I did tell one friend and she was like, what the hell? He didn't say anything back. Are you fucking serious? (laughs) That's my friends. I would have. I know. Gone off the rails. I know. (laughs) Off the rails. I think there's like a a groundedness. Like when you know, you're just like, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care. And so we continued. And then in January of that, like next year, you know, so from said, April to January, from April to January, and you he, never he said, said anything about nothing. Jesus. At all. <laughs> like yeah. I didn't say anything. I didn't expect Justin would, anything. Justin would literally fall off the chair right now. He's like, if I lasted an hour, I'm not saying I love you back. So when he told me, I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. What? How long was that? Like I was joking with him. And he's like, you knew, you knew. And I was like, of course I did. I knew. And he's like, I love you too. And I think we should get married this year. And I was like, that threw me off because we, he hadn't even called me his girlfriend. (laughs) I love him. Right? Yeah. Dude, we're going to do a part two. Where's it? Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh gosh. He's yeah. It was like, so wait, how old were you guys at the time? I, we got, I got married at 25. Six. Okay. 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 Twenty five so like or twenty six. Twenty five probably or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we so see, I'm the worst at dates. <laughs> I mean. But whatever. You yeah. know, I, who's counting? I mean he, <laughs> he is, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it was really, really cool how that happened. And then he proposed. And then he proposed in May. Uh-huh. And then we got married November sixth. And did you um for your wedding, what what was your wedding like? It was very small. Okay. Like his parents wanted to pay for it and like, you know, like have this huge thing and be hundreds of guests. And I'm this girl that's like, no, we're going to pay for it. And it, I want it to be very small if you're down with that. And he said, okay. Like he's the type of guy who wanted a big wedding. But mm-hmm. like when we met, we knew that we wanted to do this because of us, not because of other people. Mm-hmm. And so we had 45 guests at a super small venue in Silver Lake. We got married on Thursday because it was way cheaper. For sure. Mm -hmm. We got married and it only cost us $4,000. No way. Shut up. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Pizza, beer. I made the salad. Like it was super chill. We got our favorite donuts. And that's who I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's and, and you know what? I want to be. And it's who people maybe would think I am, but I'm not. It, it's, it was maybe really like special. Ch- oh, I know I'm it was so special. Aww. And if, I mean, now that we like make a little more money, like we would have still did the same thing. We would have eloped probably. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Why would you have eloped? Just because I feel like there's so much expectation Mm. to like the big ring and the the dress and the wedding party. We didn't have any of that. Mm. I mean, you know, he bought me my ring and he literally put like his life savings to it, which I thought was so special. I just feel like it makes it more special. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that we talked to on the regular, like they were the only ones there. It wasn't like That's the friend of a friend. Sure. And, yes. You know, our parents. Yes. Just, mm-hmm. you know, old friends. I'm not like, even inviting family. <laughs> Mine's like my parents parents, his parents and our friends. Yeah. No, I don't want to see a single face in that. Right. That I don't know. It was so special. And then like three days later, we went on our honeymoon. Where'd you go? We went to New York, London, and Paris. Cool. So that's where we spent more money, you know? That's a good one. It was awesome. We like explored for the first time ever. (sighs) Like it was awesome. It was so special. I love that. I just, I'm like, so that, I guess I want to go back to it because it's, Alcoholism can really, really 
change who you are. So how have you healed, you know, that to be someone that's really grounded and really centered in like who you are? I think being around people who uplift me daily and living in gratitude, like I'm so grateful for my life because my life back then was not what it is now. I never had a family to be around. Like I literally lived in my room when I, because I I don't know if you guys know this, but I didn't move out till I was married with AJ. So I was 25. Because of cultural reasons? Yeah. Yeah. And also like, I was in and out of my house, going to my aunt's house, living there for months to a year because of my mom. We didn't have a good relationship while she was drinking and I did not want to enable her. So she would get really upset. And just full disclaimer, she is okay with me talking about all of this because we were past it you know Mm -hmm. she's like yeah I mean if you want to talk about our relationship or talk about certain things that's okay with me because we've she's she's not that person anymore she's completely restored and she has no issue with me talking about Mm -hmm. it yeah because we've talked about it in Spanish she's she always listens to the podcast that I do and she's just like you know like hey I I heard that and Mm -hmm. you know because she understands English she speaks very broken English but she's like you know, you're you're really helping others mm. by telling our story. And now we have the best relationship ever. Aww. That makes me so happy. My mom, we went through like a healing thing too with her listening to me express on the podcast as well. Yeah. And that, you know, there have been rocky, rocky times hearing things, but it, it has been really healing for us too. And it's almost like the opportunity to see you as you are as an adult. Yeah. And, and and able to process it on her own. You know, you're not speaking to her saying these things. So her processing can happen and then you can come together and she can fully understand right. before you would have the conversation. Because it's hard, you know, if you're a mom and your daughter's like telling you maybe what you say on a show directly to take that in. But it, it is nice because you can hear it almost like as a third person and then like process. Right. And how else are people supp- supposed to learn mm-hmm. or grow from mm-hmm. their relationship or their broken relationships? You know, like I wish I could hear a podcast and someone talk about, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom during this time mm-hmm. because she was going through what she was going through. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm able to understand and understand why she did what she did and why she kept falling back into this hole, you know, Mm -hmm. because an addiction is a really awful thing. Mm -hmm. And she had her hit rock bottom for her to get out and become who she is. And she's just an incredible human. Mm. Did you have to forgive her? Like, was there a forgiveness process there? Yeah. And I tell her a lot, like I, I remind her like, Hey, I love you and I'm so sorry for the way I treated you then. But we also like don't talk about the past like a ne- in a negative way. We talk about it in like a like a awesome way because we're here because of that. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't I I never ever bring it up and say like why would you do this? What was going through your mind? I never say that. I say it's so power powerful how you were able to change that. And how we're here now, how that brought us together. Because that's what that's what happened. That's life. People mm-hmm. struggle. And if you don't, then that's awesome. But for me, I was I'm I'm this person because of everything that happened to me when I was younger. And I'm so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Has it impacted you as um, a parent now? Mm-hmm. Yes. A thousand percent. In what ways? I wonder if you've been more forgiving now because of that. <clears throat> You know, like if you've had more patience because of being a mom now. I am very patient, especially with the with the second little one. I'm like beyond patient. Really? I am. It's it's crazy. I do have my moments, of course, like everyone, but I always find myself thinking like, Hey, I'm sorry, Elliot, for yelling at you. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize when I need to. I understand that even if I'm the one that's a parent, like I have to say, Hey, that was wrong. I don't want you to, I don't want you to react that way. You know, when you're upset, I would much rather you talk to me than yell at me or, you know, so I'm very open. We only have honesty in our house. Um, 
So if he like tries to hide certain things, like he's not a liar or anything like that. He's still so young. He's four. But if I ask him like, hey, did you do this? And he goes, no. I'm like, hey, there's only honesty here. Like, I won't be mad. I just want you to be honest. And then he'll tell me and I'll ask him why. And we, you know, we talk through why he felt like he needed to hide things from me mm. and like, you know, that mm-hmm. that's not right. Or, you know, like kind of move him in a different direction. So important. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Cause I don't, I, I want him to grow up knowing that we're friends. We're, we're his parents, but we're also like open and loving and we won't ever be like, why would you do this? Mm. You know? Because I feel like I couldn't be honest with my parents because of their reactions. Same. I think pro- yeah. all of us, yeah. Yeah. All of us sure. at this table, for sure. I think maybe if I'm thinking about like our generation, like our, our parents' generation, mm-hmm. where there wasn't as much talk around how your kids can teach you so much. That's right. There was can, more pressure yes. on the parents to teach their kids as much as they can before they leave the house. Yes. Exactly. And so what happens like in that moment when he hid something from you, right? I was a kid that did that too, but there's a reason. Yeah. And I think it's so smart for you to be like, so why did you feel like you need, mm-hmm. needed to hide that? Because yeah. it'll tell you something about maybe how you or AJ is being as a parent. Mm-hmm. Like there's Absolutely. just so many lessons. Yeah. yeah. And they, they are our greatest teachers mm-hmm. for sure. With the kids, I want to talk about your birth, your natural birth. We're both natural births. Yeah. Oh well, my gosh. You were like beaming. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me more. It's, Are you so proud? I I feel so proud. Oh. And it also ties into that, like, being grateful for our bodies, yeah. you know? Oh, and, that's the ultimate. Oh, yes. wow. Or I can imagine. Yes. I mean, I it's fucking gnarly. Like, every time I think about it, I think about the crowning, you know? <laughs> like the head or the butt oh. in Elliot's case. Because Elliot butt first? came butt first. Oh, wow. Yeah, we had a home like a breached home birth. Breach wow. meaning he was folded in half. So his butt came out first okay. and then legs, full basically torso and then arms and head at the very end. Is that is that ever like a concern? Yes. Wow. Usually but, they try and flip them, right? Yeah, they try to flip them, which they never gave me like the... Like they never said, hey, if you if we try to do this, aversion is what it's called. You can go into labor and you'll have to get a C-section or like no one ever told me anything, which I was like, wow. Even your I doula? I didn't learn that till after. My doula wasn't there. It was the head midwife of the birth center that we were going okay. to that tried to do that, but didn't have me sign anything. It, it was like a whole thing. And huh. I ended wow. up going to a specialist who is able to do because now doctors aren't taught to do breach home births they're just taught to do c-sections the birth industry is very very intense Mm. and i read a really good book in college about the how when capitalism got into like birthing oh yeah that changed everything yeah and hey respect to every woman Mm -hmm. who gives birth the way they want to yes but um i wanted it a certain way and to be honest, I don't think I've ever talked about this, but the reason why we went natural was because at the time we were so broke that we couldn't afford health insurance. Mm. And I didn't want to get Medi-Cal because I didn't want to be the stereotypical like Mexican girl who needed to get Medi-Cal because all of my family was that, that way. And no offense at all, but I just didn't want to go that route. I didn't want to I didn't want to do that. I wanted to work harder so I can pay for my insurance you know because we were making enough money to pay for rent but we couldn't make enough money to pay for rent and for health insurance and our food and all these other bills that we had because before we got married we paid off all of our debt that's amazing which was awesome it's incredible so so lucky to be able to do that but we also like you know going into paying for rent and for our cars you know and you know like water gas car insurance Mm -hmm. you know like and then food we could barely afford it so and we didn't have money saved like we literally started on a clean slate so we were barely breaking even and so i thought well i hear going natural 
is way cheaper than a hospital birth, $10,000 versus $25,000. And if something goes wrong and you we need a C-section, it's like $60,000 out of pocket. Wow. So we found mm. a birth center. I wanted to do it that way. And very last minute, Elliot decided to flip. And he, we were, it was a breech birth. And I didn't want to go with the C-section. I was already like, so I was taking classes and meditating and try to like breath, body, you know, connection. And um, yeah, I, my doula found a holistic, not holistic, but just a MD obstetrician who was taught to do breech births, twin home births, you know, like however the woman wants to birth, that's how he basically approaches birth. We contacted him on Friday, met with him Monday, and on Thursday we had Elliot at home. Wow. Yeah. And it was nuts. Yeah. What was the natural part of it for you? Like, was it was it more important to be at home? Was it more important not to have yeah. any epidural? Like, and... And you mentioned the breath and the meditation, but like, what exactly was that like in the moment? So I didn't want a home birth. I wanted a birth center birth gotcha. in the water. And cause I, I didn't, it was my first time, like God forbid, like everyone, when it came down to it, everyone was like, you can't have a home birth. Are you kidding me? What if he dies? What if this, what if that? And I was just like, whoa, like chill. Like, I just, I just want to, I don't want to have a C-section. That's mm -hmm. my only option. And I was a C-section baby. No disrespect to any moms that have C-sections, but I just didn't want that for me or my baby. I wanted him to come, you know, in water or at a birth center and dim lights, you know? Mm, yes. Mm -hmm. I wanted music. it to be with music playing in the background, like my type of music and just chill. Mm -hmm. So when I... When I was birthing, I was at home with my doula, with AJ, and then my doula came. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what contractions were. I didn't know how they felt. I just know that they were going to be intense. I didn't know that I was going to have like be shaking on the floor, like trying to catch my breath. I didn't know if I was dilated because what our what, how our doctor does it is he hears the moans and the groans and the sounds that I'm making. Once he like hears that I'm like fully dilated, then he comes in and he checks. And sure enough, you know, I was birthing for many, many hours, like a, a day and a half. Ooh. Yeah. And finally, when it was 5 a.m. the next morning after literally laboring all night, he was like, hey, you're ready your sounds are there. You're ready. And he checked me and he's like, you're fully dilated. And I was like, no, I can't. Like, if it's going to hurt more, oh. I don't want to go oh there. Oh my God. Whoa. And I was tired. I, oh, I was exhausted. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I was half asleep. And then when the contractions, cause they come and they go. And, um, yeah. Like when he was like, it's time. He gave me from 5 AM to 7 am to be like okay we we gotta we gotta get this ball rolling like you're done i gave you some time now we have to like we have to get through this so from 7 a.m to 9 30 i pushed wow and he finally came out and he was this healthy six pound eight ounce boy that was just just bliss mm. it hurt bad very bad I didn't have any medication or anything. Essential oils do not count. <laughs> Whoa. But, you know, our I, I really truly believe our bodies were meant to do this. As much as it hurts, you can do it. I mean, women did, has have been doing this for years. You know, That's and, what Justin says. <laughs> yeah. And the less stress on your body, the more open it becomes. So I was op I was trying to open myself to receiving that like pain with pain mm -hmm. comes progress. And I, I just it's a mental thing. Powerful. It's very, very powerful. Wow. Mm. There's a spiritual thing there too. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No. I was praying out loud. I was like, please God, like help me. Because oh. it was so intense. 
And it was my first time. I didn't know what to expect. I kept asking the doctor, like, am I doing okay? Is it looking normal down there? You know, I I didn't want to see. When he's like, you can touch him. He's right there. I was like, no. (laughs) No. Gosh, no. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. What's your spiritual relationship? Like, what relationship do you have to spirituality? I believe in God. But I find, find like, I, I just feel like there are certain people that, I don't know. I cuss. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I do things that I feel like are questionable sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, like smoking weed sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. but I'm not here to be perfect. I'm here to be a good human to other people. I'm here to be the best mom I can be. I'm here to please my husband and love on him and have a great foundation for our family. And the rest is like, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? Like I've, I've built a business and I, I, I'm so proud of it. And I feel like this community that I have is so amazing and like, just, wow. Like, how are you here for me? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I question that all the time and I wonder like, am I doing good? Am I doing bad? Like I question everything, but at the end of the day, what matters is my husband, my family. I believe in God. I believe in being a good human and that's it. Whoever wants to judge, that's on them. Mm. But I don't judge anyone or I try not to, you know? Mm. When I do it, I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. It feels gross. Yeah. It feels like, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't, you can assume anything from me, but like, you don't know the real truth. Mm, You've never met me, Mm -hmm. you know, but you definitely know me if you follow me on Instagram Mm -hmm. to to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to like feel judged and, people assume and this and that on social media because that's what people do now it's so easy instead of just ask a question or you know unfollow but that's a whole different topic i mean yeah i was thinking about like when you have kids and you have a husband you have like your nucleus did you notice that you that that is where when you cared less about what people thought when I had eight, like when AJ and I were in a relationship, Mm. that's when it fell off for me. I don't care if anyone thinks that I look F A T. I don't like, you know, like Mm -hmm. I I hate saying that word because it's Mm so gross, Mm -hmm. but I don't care if anyone thinks that I look different or especially being in the wellness industry or in the wellness space, not industry, you know, you, you, there's not a whole lot of Mexicans. We're used to eating tortillas and, you know, beans and rice and just greasy ass food, but it doesn't have to be that way. So yeah, it's, it, it it just, it feels so different now. Like, I don't care. Mm. I don't care what people think. Do you think it's like after being in the space for so long with such a big audience, you're like, I cannot care what all you think. Well, I, I definitely always want to be respectful of others and their opinions obviously matter to me, but I don't get bummed out if someone's like, you're the worst mom ever for doing this or things like that. Like, no, I know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I know my kids. They're literally the ones showing me that I'm doing a good job. And my husband, you know, we have such a, we have a great relationship. Sure. It's rocky at times. No one's perfect. But those are the things that make me understand that I'm doing a good job being this person. I'm just here to share it. I'm just here to share my journey, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think that's where we should end. I think that was like perfect. Thank you. I got, we got our audiogram in there. (laughs) Bomb ass audiogram that you did. That's our audiogram. (laughs) It was so profound. Important reminder, especially because, you know, whether people have a quote unquote following or not, people are online and mm-hmm. on social media and interact and engage with it in different ways and yeah. just to kind of remember that like the likes can live elsewhere like in your child's eyes and in your husband's heart like mm-hmm. you know, there's really. just so much that so much power we give to the likes and the comments right and like you we we do care about what mm-hmm. our our community is saying to us and communicating <gasps> yeah and of course they're not going to know everything and every side and every, exactly. you know, experience. So yeah. it's just, I think that's an important reminder. I will say I'm here to support 
because the the messages like I love the DMs and the comments and engaging with these people because they are my friends. Mm-hmm. Like I don't take them as like, oh, they're my followers, you know? Yeah. No, they are my community. They are my yeah. friends. These are the people that I that like they they're the ones that allow me to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So I never ever ever take that for granted and I always uplift those people who DM me and ask me like, Hey, how do you do this? And I'm like, you know exactly what you need to do. And I'm here to support you and tell you you're doing a damn good job because a lot of moms will DM me and, you know, almost sound like questionable, like questioning themselves. And what do you do? And I'm like, dude, you got this, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, deep down inside, like that's why you're asking me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so loving to them because why aren't other women lifting each other up? Why is there so much like you're doing this wrong? You know, like, mm-hmm. no, it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to motherhood, there's so much mm-hmm. there. Like once you get to parenthood, it's a whole nother level of like judge. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not here to do that. I'm here to like, you parent the way you want to parent. And you know exactly the way you, you can do it because your child tells you. Mm. You know? Yes. So that's so beautiful. Thank you. I love it. Thank you. This has been so fun. Truly. I'm so glad you came. <laughs> no, you. thank you guys. I could, so I could do this all I know, day. Let's I know, do it. baby. AJ's <laughs> in the next one. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's do it. So sweet. All right. all right, everyone. We'll see you next Thank you. Time. We love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, Jeanette. It was such a pleasure to have you. Jeanette can be found on Instagram at shutthekaleup and shutthekaleup.com. Thanks everyone for listening. Again, our merch is coming out on July 20th. We have our new Paradigm Digital Workshop series. A few coming up with Brie Melanson and Natalie Miles. You can go to almost30podcast.com and it means the world to us when you write a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you love the show, you can subscribe, make sure it's in your inbox every week and rate and review means a lot. Yeah. Thank you so much. Even if you take a second to do that, we really um, value that. And then now we have video on YouTube. So we are doing yep. video on YouTube. <laughs> so come see your girls on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. We love you. We will see you next time. Love y'all.